0: Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. On the line right now with me is a very special guest, somebody that is kind of inspiring, uh, Rick Gideon. What's up,
1: Rick? How are you? Doing doing really good today, actually. I had to reschedule one of my ketamine infusions for this morning, so I am freshly hey, off wait, of wait, Whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Wait, did you say ketamine infusions? Yes,
1: yes sir. Ketamine,
0: um, now. Is that the same ketamine that like, uh, the cats or the tranquilizer that veterinarians use, or am, am I like just thinking no,
1: that, that is exactly what it is. Special K ketamine. Yeah, there is. Uh, but, what,
0: why are you on that though? I mean, is it, is it for like pain relief or like, I, I don't
1: uh, explain. So, um, they can do it for pain relief, but, um, I'm taking it because of my PTSD due to, um, a lot of, uh, childhood issues and then 12 years, uh, on an ambulance That's dealing with the worst of the worst yeah. has left me no. no go ahead and finish i'm sorry oh, it's just it's left me um a little worse for wear i would say so the ketamine what well, does
0: the ketamine help you sleep
1: or does it help relax you like um actually the 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 thing about it is is i don't want to come off as being hyperbolic about it or over exaggerating yeah, no, no, it but
0: no, i'm just I'm interested because yeah if, yeah yeah um, listen, so it, it gives if it gives anybody with PTSD or people that have gone through childhood trauma, I am all for it.
1: So 100 percent, I it was something that I had found about three months ago, uh, just doing some research online. And I had heard something about it just from being in the medical field. But um, going through it, it's six infusions uh, over two to three weeks. And then you have a what's called a booster, which is like a maintenance dose. Um hmm.
0: So far, so like micro dosing, like if you're taking like a little bit of like a mushroom or something like that.
1: No, it's not micro. Oh, well, it's not um the dose, is, it's not considered micro dosing. It's more of okay. an infusion. So it's they'll oh. take a way Does it go
0: right into the bloodstream? When you say infusion, oh, yeah. when you think infusion, oh, yeah. it goes you, right into the bloodstream.
1: Oh, right into the, oh, well, the infusion part, that means that it isn't it's over a period of time. So they're infusing a volume versus just one shot. Oh, okay. okay. So
0: so they're spreading it out a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's over 45 minutes but you still like it gives you that the same effects. It's just more controlled. You're in a room by yourself. They have a laser light show for you a CBD. oh hell yeah
0: dude yeah man that would be great now rick rick i i gotta talk about this because i had a guest on last night and and i'm 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 always interested in dialects uh from around the region here in the united states and and other countries as well too but i'm getting a little bit of a southern twang from you uh georgia no actually indiana Oh, see, Indiana, Indiana is a weird place. Okay, see, I'll compare it to like Florida. Everybody thinks the floor, the farther south in Florida you get, the more like redneck and stuff it gets. But that's not the case. It actually gets a little bit more like the north, the further south you get. But I've also heard from people in Indiana that it gets a little country up there. Indiana is kind of country, though, from what I've heard, even though it's up north.
1: Yeah, actually, so I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. I see.
0: That's where I'm getting it from.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that in Louisville, I've heard it's, I've heard it been called the southern most northern state and the northern most southern city, I, not state, Man. but city. Um, But I am in, I don't think that. I'll Are you in my-
0: how close to Gary, Indiana? I was in, I was in Indiana one time and they always told me Gary, Indiana was like at one time the murder capital of the, the United States.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm on the I'm on that Gary's up top, I'm down at the bottom of Indiana. Oh, okay. I've always uh, ca- uh, now I want to talk to now before we get into the meat of what
0: I want to talk to you about tell people uh where they can find you and check out the content and stuff that you're putting out maybe somebody that has gone through something similar like yourself maybe you might be able to help them out
1: uh, yeah and that's mainly what my my goal is so you can find me right now I'm on Instagram at 5011fifty-11media mm-hmm. and that's on oh, the Instagram that- Mm -hmm. and then the podcast website that I'm working on. I don't have any episodes up yet. I'm still currently uh, in the process of recording and getting them together, but that should be done in about a week or so. Okay, but
0: if I can give you any little bit of advice, okay? Yeah.
1: Now I've been in radio. I've
0: been working in radio for over 22 years, and what I've learned from podcasting is if you're going to do it, make sure you're going to grind. And and what I what I mean by that is you have to be consistent. Like if you're going to put out two or three shows a week, you got to make sure you put out two or three shows a week. I took it a little bit to the extreme where I was like, what can I do to get my numbers up? and And, and it really, really helped. I mean, it helped that I was on radio a long time, but I did like six months straight where I did a podcast every single day even on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh it was it was anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour every single day but I made sure I got in there and did it every single day and and,
1: and it was great. I, yeah, I have like I've completely I've taken my garage and I've set it up. It, I have a green screen set up you studio doing right my now, podcast. Um, you sound up, good. Yeah, I'm on I'm I, it's just a a Blue Snowball ice mic that I'm using right now. Mm-hmm. But it's something that right now that I'm starting up. So just to get into Is that plug like, in right into a USB. Yes, sir.
0: Hey, right can here. you uh, when, when we get done, can you uh, because I, I'm i you you sound really, really good. Um, if you could uh, send those details to my producer, Vulture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would I would like to see because I, I've heard of those and, and they've always sounded good. And they also seem like they're very reasonably priced.
1: Yeah, I don't. I think I got the the mic and the arm for the mic and the uh, pop filter for uh, under sixty bucks. I think. Wow. All right. Well, I don't want to get too techy. And yeah, techy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I,
0: want, I want to talk about this. Okay. So, um, I am, and, and I don't go into details about it. But I, I do tell people that I am a victim of childhood trauma growing up, and and you had mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I mean, do will you talk about it much? Absolutely. I mean, I, absolutely, I absolutely. respectful and stuff, but um, I, I've been trying to put it out there because, yes, it is a very uncomfortable thing to talk about for a lot of people. But I think the more and more people are open and talking about it, I think the more and more this problem is going to get a little bit better.
1: I, absolutely. I am – I'm an open book. You can – Ask me any question. There's nothing that I i feel well, that I don't want to talk about because um here recently oh, I hate I talk about everything. I, I don't want yeah, you to take yeah, yeah. that I, oh, no, I no, no, talk no, no, about no, no.
0: everything, but the reason I don't talk about it is because I don't want to see people be murdered. Uh and that happens in the South, if you get what I'm saying, right? Uh, right. So I do it because I love my dad, he's getting later on in his life, and I don't want him to to spend those last years in jail, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Absolutely. And, I, and I, that's about – a part, that's kind of where I'm at. Like my father, I, it was never any – it was mental and emotional abuse that I went through with him with being yeah. – uh, Mine you was know, a little
0: bit of everything.
1: Yeah, it was – It's just, and, and going through that it at such an early age, it programs you to be susceptible to that in the future. Oh yes, yes, and and, and I don't want seek people, it out. Yeah. Now
0: let me ask you though, and and I don't want see because a lot of people, just like with mental illness and stuff, and I'm not saying you're you have mental illness, but what I'm trying oh, to say is that is that people don't understand it though. Um, people, people like, well, why why didn't you say anything back in the day? And it's like, oh, because I was a kid, or or you know, you it just seems like you're using it as an excuse, but, um. I've noticed since since everything that's happened to me, I'm like, okay, I'm putting things together and I'm like, okay, this makes sense of why I did this when I got
1: older. You know? Yeah. And so that's that's where I'm at right now. So three months ago, there was basically a breaking point that I had now where it was I was going to have to either commit myself or find a way to... Have you ever been in an institution? I have not been in an institution. But um, can I, I
0: can yeah. can I OK? I was I was I was in one for 10 days. I was I was Acted, and um, it helped me, but it didn't help me mentally, if that makes sense, because it was such a horrible experience that it was a wake up call to me that I knew that I never ever wanted to be there before again does that make sense because absolutely all all they wanted to do is just throw pills down your throat Uh, when i went in there i was only on three medications and by the end they had me on nine pills and an injection every single day i didn't know if i was coming or going
1: man that you are you are just reading my life because i have i've I could name you a list of medications that they have tried for me, and that or that I've tried. And what is your diagnosis? Uh, my diagnosis is PTHD or PTSD or PTSD anxiety depression. It was a
0: bipolar manic depressive.
1: Uh, yeah, I I probably um the manic part, yeah, because you have you'll have your really really highs. Oh yes, and your yeah your because- lows.
0: It, it, how how would you best explain that feeling to people when they say manic? They, they think it's a bad thing. But like it's days where you're really, really happy to the point where like people don't want to be around you because you're so happy talking fast, just like this. And you're all over the place. And then there'll be some days where you can barely get out of bed. And and, you know, people ask, why can't you just be in the middle? And I said, I wish that I could.
1: Yeah, and I think that a lot of people see it as something that you can control, but it's more like for me, it would be, I would be riding high on this wave, and then it would it wouldn't even be something meaningful. It would just be uh, something said uh, the wrong way towards me, and that would crash everything immediately, mm-hmm. and it would affect my my motivation, my drive. Now, I my did the my, medication my help you though. Everything. Did the medication help you?
0: Because how I felt with the medication when I was on it and I was taking it, I was never really happy, but I was never ever really down. Now that I'm off of everything, I've been off of everything for a full year. Like I've quit drinking, I'm off all the psychotropic meds. And and yes, I have really crappy days, but I get to I get to truly experience happiness every so often.
1: Oh, so you would be an excellent candidate, I think, for the ketamine infusions because oh, that's where so I was at. Because My experiences have always been great with it. Yeah. So that's where I was. And I still take I take an SSRI mm-hmm. and I take uh, Adderall. Yeah, normal.
0: I do too. That's the only other. Th- that's the only thing I am on. But I'm. I'm only. I only take. Uh, I take two. I take a 15 milligram in the morning, 15 milligram in the afternoon. Um, it's a very low dosage. Now, um,
1: one of the things. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So what is What is your? What are? What are your experiences with you versus off of Adderall or versus on.
0: Now, I, I will say this a lot of people say they have withdrawals. I've never really had withdrawals when I haven't been on Adderall. Um, and but it does help me, you know. When I'm on the radio, I can tell a difference. And and I'll admit, it's just um I'm gonna have to share with this guy. I started following this guy on TikTok. Uh, he has a TikTok channel and it's all dedicated to ADHD. The guy clears up all the stigmas about people that are on, you know, Adderall or Ritalin or whatever it may be to treat it. And and he talks about it, how people, you know, how people with ADHD and and stuff like that and OCDs and stuff like that deal with it. It, It's it it made a lot of sense. I'm
1: going to have to check that out Cause I I'm like I'm one of the I'm an old school like ADHD diagnosis I was diagnosed in like ninety one like on the forefront of the ADHD wave I was late in life
0: oh I and- wish I would have had it I wish I would have had it when I was younger I would have been I would have see that's the thing about it is I overthink things overanalyze things and I look back and I'm like man what what if what if I would have had that earlier would would I've gotten better grades in high school and and maybe maybe made it to a better college and where would I be right now but the way that i look at things is that the the quirks you know a lot of people like look at themselves and they look at the imperfections the the weird the things that make them weird or strange and and i strive for that because yes i think, I, I think normal is boring i i i like i like the unique i like the strange i like the weird
1: i i 100% am right there with you that has been My mantra is, and one of my the I I don't want to say idols, but a person that I looked up to and kind of took a lot from was Hunter S. Thompson because he was from my hometown, and he was all about the weird. It was like never, it never got weird enough for me. So that was that was always um, a place of kind of security for me. I could turn and read one of his books and feel. You know,
0: Fear and loathing, who I was fear and loathing. Uh, turned me on to him. I'll admit I didn't know who he was until Johnny Depp played him in fear and loathing in Las Vegas. And now looking back on it, I wish I would have been there and been able to appreciate him when he was like still around and stuff because uh, or maybe I was too old. I'm too young. Uh, when did he when did he kill himself?
1: Um, I want to say 2009, but I'm not. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. But well, I was the I same way. Yeah but but like I I liked it and I liked his
0: just unique way at looking at life and and he was a big proponent of first amendment and speech and and getting it out there but he also wanted to experience other things did i look at Hunter S Thompson as a drug addict no i did not no, i no. looked i looked at him as a person that was experiencing life which helped him write and get, and you know what i'm not going to judge hunter s thompson if he was on like mescaline or whatever when he wrote one of his books because God damn it it gave me a better insight into life
1: exactly and i that is one of the things that i've modeled after him is just the the lust for life and the willingness to experience it for its good for its bad for the stories that you can just you're able to experience from that because if you if you say i don't want to do this because i'm afraid this might happen then you are shutting off a multitude of amazing experiences that you could experience all because of one part of that might or might not happen.
0: How do you feel about weed? I love weed. Yeah, that's I uh, that's the only (laughs) like I what I tell people I'm I'm on my Adderall and I smoke weed. um, And I think it's great. I really do, because I'll admit to you, I keep a notepad on my phone, always open And when I, when I, when I smoke a little bit, I will get the most outrageous ideas. Now, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I'm like, hell yeah, this is some genius stuff to talk about. And then other times like, what the hell was I thinking at that time? But I would have never thought of that stuff. And I'm not saying like, I need weed to be creative or funny, but it does open up your minds to other ways of looking at stuff. If that makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, you don't need a car to go somewhere. It just makes it easier. Yes, exactly. Now, so, all right, all right. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, no. What I, what I want to get into, and I don't know how much you want to talk about it. Um, so you had your childhood trauma, but it had to. You had to have seen some pretty horrifying things as being a paramedic. Now, um, a movie that I watched. Did you ever watch the Nick Cage movie oh. um, Bringing Out the Dead?
1: Yeah, first comes how
0: how close like, oh. how 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 close is that because a lot of people look at movies and they're like because yeah, they had some weird psychedelic things in that movie but like is it crazy like you're never shocked at what you're going to see on a daily night when you guys go out to to
1: help somebody? So there are rare occasions that I am uh I was thoroughly shocked by what what i had come up on so uh, and as far as bring out the dead that movie is a as close to what it actually is without it actually being it's like i would say that is the exact hollywood version what would you guys have to work
0: for what what were your shifts like firefighter shifts like 12 hours on 12 hours off or like how would you do it
1: Sometimes uh, it depends. Like I've worked twelve-hour shifts and I've worked twenty-four-hour shifts. I prefer the twelve-hour shifts because on twenty-four you're not guaranteed to sleep. And there's been times where you know I've slept for maybe an hour and a half in the span of but but does it make hours. it
0: harder when you're sleep deprived and then having to see some of the the horrors and 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 stuff you got to see?
1: So it's hard to explain, but in the moment it doesn't it's an adrenaline it well it's not even an adrenaline it's just i i saw that person as a problem and i needed to solve that and by solving that was figuring out what was going on and so i would have to do that on the fly as like i would get called out for somebody that can't breathe you know somebody not breathing well so that could be a multitude of things. So on the way there, I'm already thinking, you know, what is what could be causing this? Because you're already thinking ahead,
0: you're being preemptive. Yes.
1: So and then you get there, and then based on the patient's presentation and what they kind of talk to you, that's how you base your your diagnosis off of. So there's you always have to be on your game. You can't. So I could do a, the most terrible thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And then have to go to save the that next run kid. and and deal with, you know, somebody who's you know toe hurts and they want to go to yeah. the hey, ER. Hey, quick so question.
0: Gonna... Why 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 I'm thinking about this? Now, let, let me ask you, and and maybe I'm not trying to ask you a, a, a an Oprah gotcha question or anything, yeah. But sure. but being a victim of childhood trauma. Was it more difficult when you had to go on a call as a paramedic in an ambulance when it involved a child or something?
1: Well, any any time that it involves a child, it's it's a lot worse. Yeah, of course. So it does not even just being a victim of childhood trauma, just being a human being. And yeah, I know that. But what I'm saying, though, is that that
0: is like a kicker on top of a kicker is what oh, i'm trying yeah. to say yeah absolutely so
1: and that's yeah that it's it's really hard to cuz you have to separate who you are and what you are from what you're doing so i could show up and have you uh,
0: be- oh, i'm sorry i know i'm interrupting but i got to ask this okay Well, go ahead and finish and because I I think I'm going to throw you off. I want to hear what you got to say, but I do have a question that I that I seriously want to ask you.
1: I mean, I forgot where I was going with that. No, I threw you off. That's that's Go ahead.
0: No, but what I was asking is, you know, even being in childhood trauma and God, I I feel bad. I I fucked you up there. But what I'm trying to say is what I'm trying to say is that's my ADHD, by the way. Same on. Um, um, but have you ever like almost gotten to the point where you're like you've snapped like when you've gone to maybe a thing where it did involve a kid and maybe the parent was the one that caused that kid to get hurt and why they would call like because I know like if I was doing that, I would snap and I'd be like, you know what? Fuck this guy. He deserves to get his ass beat. So. Yes and no. I can I'm recall- saying, okay. I'm not saying you did, but maybe no, no, no. It, it crossed your mind.
1: I've got I can recall it was, it was a few years back, but it was on Thanksgiving. I had made a run for an overdose in the parking lot of a convenience store. Mm-hmm. And I get there, and it is a grandmother, her, you know, grandson, and then his son was sitting up. For- front and he had asked her to pull over he had to go to the bathroom went in the bathroom shot up heroin and overdosed and then went back out in the car and then she called so I showed up to this Mm -hmm. and I pulled him aside and I was like listen you don't ever do that shit in front of a kid yeah like you like I just I couldn't help it I laid into him because that that was my trigger because my father was a drug addict and that's what I had to deal with growing up so it, like I remember Being in Kentucky,
0: know, was it was it like the hillbilly heroin, like the Oxycontin and stuff? Because I know like Kentucky,
1: that's like the big drug there. Well, no, my dad was basically anything. My dad started on Quaaludes, so it yeah. was just oh, anything. Quaaludes. Because, hey, yeah.
0: I've heard nothing like uh, I know they don't make them really anymore. But like watching the movie Wolf oh, of Wall man. Street. Makes oh, you want one it? Yeah, I was like, fuck, I want to I want to take a lemon. But then I was like, ah, yeah. I don't know. But but back to back to what you were saying, though, it's it, it, it has to be. Now, one of the things that I've seen is that when I was in the hospital and when I was an institution, it made me realize that a lot of people that have mental illness, people that have PTSD often self-medicate because everybody had a substance abuse problem. I didn't care what it was. Drinking pills uh, kill, whatever it may be. It, it, have you found that to be true? You think from your
1: experiences? I think so. I think a lot of it is that the, the mental illness creates this kind of ego that you create around yourself to protect what you have and what you think you need to protect. And so that doesn't allow you to open up to the, thought of maybe you have an issue that needs medication so instead you're like i'm just going to self-medicate this makes me feel good this makes me feel good but it's not really solving the problem it's just numbing you and Mm -hmm. creating a distance between reality and what who you are so Mm -hmm. i I do i do see that a lot and a lot of times like i would it wasn't that i was you know i snapped or i'd flipped on them but it was a lot of tough love because yeah. you've been here and I've I mean I've I've picked up somebody who's overdosed taken them to the hospital and they've signed out and went right back out and were you working
0: in, were you working when they were using Narcan were they using Narcan back then Oh oh yeah
1: they were I, yeah you Narcan's so been, that's been around was, for a while then Yeah yeah it's been a, I mean since I since I've been in EMS maybe maybe since uh, I remember – I mean I can't tell you how many times like I've had to use Narcan, especially uh, about two years ago. It was – I was probably making four or five overdoses a night and but, probably – But we pre- can we can pay for Narcan, but we
0: got diabetics that uh, can barely afford their medicine nowadays, and, and it just
1: blows my mind sometimes. That is <clears> – <throat> That is a whole nother just can of worms. That well, maybe will... we could
0: talk about that. I don't want to. I don't yeah, want no, to. I mean, it,
1: but... uh, it's just the the medical system in the in the United States is oh it's horrible. It's horrific And they their attention to mental illness. Oh yeah. Um, they, I mean, I worked for uh, an EMS company, and I've made some horrific runs, and they are supposed to offer like a, it's called a, what is it? A post stress debriefing or whatever yeah. incident post stressful incident debriefing. So basically they're supposed to be like, Hey, listen, we got to talk to you about this and provide you with that. And I mean, I, I don't ever recall like somebody being like, Hey man, that seems like a fucked up run. You want to talk about it? It was, yeah. it was, cause that's not the, there's a lot of macho mentality that mm-hmm. um, happens in EMS and a lot of like, I, I'm 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 badass like you know I don't nothing affects me but it's like if you're human yeah it's going to affect you yeah, it's
0: going to it's it's going to affect you and the reason that I, I I'm glad you brought that up um now do you think PTSD should be labeled as a disability because the reason I'm asking that here in in the area uh in Orlando that's the closest biggest city to me uh, we had the uh, we had the pulse nightclub shooting which at the time was the the deadliest mass shooting in the United States of America and there was a couple of cops that they were suffering from PTSD and the the county Orange County would not, put them on disability because PTSD was not listed as a disability. Now here, one of the cops, and this made, this change my mind. Okay. okay. So okay. when they walked into the nightclub after the, the shooter was, was killed, uh, they were walking through the nightclub and, and the one cop that, that had really bad PTSD was, the eeriest thing was how quiet how quiet it was, and walking through that building with all the dead bodies around, and all as you heard were the cell phones in people's pockets ringing, because loved ones were trying to call uh-huh. to see if they
1: were okay. Like I like I have, my whole body has tingles. Like I'm just like thinking about just. That. I didn't.
0: I didn't mean to. Like no 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 it, no no, it, no.
1: It's not. It. I. I I have, I'm, I am, I have committed to this journey that I'm on right now. And this journey is all about allowing myself to feel, but and, do you get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, no, like, that, I'm,
0: I'm like that. I can put my, are you, and I'm very curious, are Are you the type of person, would you consider yourself an empathetic, empathetic person? And and by meaning I've always been this way, I can always put myself in somebody's shoes Um. And, and know not know exactly what they're going through, but kind of have a general like understanding of what they're going through.
1: Oh, that was like a survival technique technique for me growing up. Like I had to be able to read the situation and feel what was going on because I had no idea like what state my dad was going to be in. So it was, was he he those... your mom. Uh, no, he wasn't really as far as. Physically abusive. I think one time he like he had done something, and then she had picked up an old metal fan, like an old steel fan. That's like that's what my mom would do, and fucking just chucked it at him, and he never never tried anything else after that. See, the
0: reason I ask, and didn't I and back to movies. I was
1: watching. Have you, have you ever watched Goodwill Hunting? Uh, I think I've seen it a while back.
0: Now, if you if you don't remember it, go back and watch it because uh, after me dealing with everything, going back and watching it, it 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 makes so much sense you know because the reason i asked if if he was abusive towards your mom uh uh Matt Damon's character he would or no Robin Williams' character he said like yeah i would i would provoke my dad so he would beat me and not my mom you know and yeah. and that was very powerful when i when i heard that it was like you know this is a little kid doesn't owe anybody anything i mean everybody's supposed to be taking care of him and he was like you know what fuck it i will take the abuse and 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 then matt damon in in a great line said uh yeah my dad he would put a stick a belt and a monkey wrench on the table and he was like choose which one you want you know because he was going to get his ass beat with it and he said yeah i would choose the wrench and he was like why would you choose the wrench he's like because fuck him hell yeah no but you know like i I don't think people realize all this stuff that they deal with, so now i wanna I wanna talk about this and and maybe you can't pinpoint this. What is the one call that has scarred or or affected you the most when it comes to affecting what you are now diagnosed with, which is p t s d
1: so I would think that the first, uh, the first run that comes to mind, I'm going to go ahead and just say that one. Cause there's, there's a bunch, but, um, but the first one that comes to your mind is going to be the
0: one that meant the most that affected you the most. Cause that was the one that popped into your head
1: first. Right. You should
0: always go with your first guess.
1: So I I had just gotten on shift. It was, I think about six thirty seven o'clock in the afternoon in August. So it was, it was a hot day. And, I got a call. I was a supervisor. So I was in a response car. I was in like a crown Vic and not an ambulance. So I got They got a call came out for three motorcyclists versus a uh, car. Oh, God. So, yeah. And when you get when you hear a motorcycle accident, it's either going to be bullshit or they're going to be dead. And it's there's, yeah, really- there's
0: no in between. Like, I yeah. mean, it, it's either you're you're going to make it. Yeah, you might be really messed up, but or you're dead. It's not like, oh, he was okay.
1: Right. It's you don't motorcycles aren't something that you generally walk away from. If nope. If, and it's just just how it is. So I've never owned one, but so we get a call. And I head over that way. I have the other, the supervisor was getting ready to get off. He was like, Hey, it's three people. Let me get in the car with you. I'll go. So we go to check this out. Cause we're the closest anything. And it's coming off of the bridge from Kentucky. Uh, a car had clipped another car. It was a two lane road. So one direction each way. Mm-hmm. And a truck had clipped a trailer and it turned him sideways. And then the three motorcyclists, one, there was three of them. The first one had hit, the the car or the the SUV and the other two laid their bikes down and slid the he he had hit that SUV so hard that it had taken the face face mask and broke it and pushed it through his skull yeah
0: god damn it
1: and um (laughs) the first thing I did was is I went to him because he was laying there not moving and I went to go check a pulse. And his arm, every bone, it was just pulverized. It was like picking up a, like a beanbag, like a- Hey,
0: can can I ask you a question though? Yeah. How, how as you always said, you got to make that decision. You're always thinking when you get there, you want to be prepared. All right, when I get out, I need to get this, I need to get that. I need to go to the one that's injured the most, okay? Because, you know, those are the ones that are critical, but at some point, This this is back to my empathetic side, putting myself in your shoes. Yes, you would like to save all three people, correct? Right. Okay. But do you have to make that decision where, okay, this guy is really fucked up? Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, and now, do you have to make that decision where do I work on this guy where the chances are slim, or I can for sure go to the next person and there's a better chance of saving that person? Because when I look at it that way, that's got to weigh heavy on you.
1: Yeah, I mean i've I've had to I've had to look into the eyes of somebody who was dying. I'm and like, walk I walked past be walk them because the I person. knew. I knew that they weren't going to survive, and it's, I mean, there's a whole, it's called mass mass casualty incident, and triaging, so you have different colored tags, so a green tag is walking, yellow is a little bit more critical, red is critical, and black is, if you get a black tag, you're dead, even if you're still breathing. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I know it's kind of cold hearted
0: to say that, but like you can't waste your time on somebody that you can't help. And maybe if you're helping that person that has no hope, may, that person has the chance, the other person has a chance of dying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you go and work on the person that doesn't have a chance. Now you got two people that are dead.
0: Wow. That, that has to weigh heavy on you. It's, um, uh-
1: It's the whole, like, it feels like the whole, like, trolley, um, quite the problem where, you know, do you kill one person to save five or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I,
0: I, I get it. I, I really, really do get it. Now, uh, once again, before I let you go, I dude, I could talk to you again and and I hope you uh, enjoyed this conversation. Um, Tell people how they can check out your stuff. Your podcast is going to be out soon, uh, but I'm telling you, you you got to diversify. You got to get on every single place. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this article that I read that's going to help you uh, simplify your social media because right. as many places you're out on, the better.
1: Well, right now I've got you can I I haven't started using the Twitter yet, but I have created it at yep. Out of Service Podcast um i'm on instagram 5011 media mm-hmm. the website for the podcast is 5011topics.com mm-hmm. i have i just completed my first interview today with a wonderful woman named lisa olson lisa david olson who is an art author and wrote a book about using humor to overcome childhood trauma so i've got that coming up in an episode i
0: have i have somebody very very special one of my very close friends that i think you need to talk to um she has a website her name is naomi bradshaw she has a website uh called tracing uh it's a blog she's putting out but uh uh yeah man we we gotta we we definitely have to talk some more because i i know a lot of people that i think could help you out and you could help them out as well
1: listen i i'm all about the community and trying to get the word out i this is this is something that i've Decided to dedicate the res- the next chapter of my life to. So now that I'm yep. not an EMS and I'm you know doing the stay at home dad thing, which is a whole. Are you on disability topic, right now? Or, I mean, did, have they put you on disability? I haven't. No, I've tr- I've been working on the paperwork, but there's so much goddamn red tape to it, and I'm not. Are they giving you when a hard it comes time to, because like, like,
0: they're they're not treating PTSD like a disability?
1: I think I I I have a. I mean, I've also I broke both of my legs last year skateboarding. So that and that's what led into me becoming a stay-at-home. last back. year
0: I, I think you're thirty-five or thirty-four. So you're skateboarding at that dude, man. <laughs> See, I was there. I am. I was there at that point because when you're in your early thirties, you you
1: still think you're in your twenties. But uh uh-uh. ah. No, nope. bro. Nope. You're telling me like I was like, nope. I've, oh, my God. Like I've just started falling apart. As, as soon as I hit 30, it was like, all right.
0: No, but dude, dude, it don't get down on yourself. Like right now, since I got out of the hospital, the the institution, I stopped drinking. I got off all the psychotropic meds. I am in the best shape in my life at in, in my 40s. Like oh. seriously, I I know I know that a lot of people are good. Yes, I still get those aches and pains, but you just have to realize, and this is what I tell everybody: stretch, stretch, stretch. Everybody thinks that yoga makes you a bitch and stuff, but that stretching, because the older you get, stuff starts getting not as flexible as it was before. Oh my
1: god, yeah. Every morning it's it's popping. It's it's a it's a bowl of Rice Krispies getting up yoga. out of bed in the morning, man. I,
0: First thing you need to do when you get out of bed is what I do. I drink a full bottle of water. I chug it down, um, and and then I go through my stretching and stuff. And then I and then I make my breakfast because just getting yourself started with that stretching. Because the older you get, when you're sleeping at night, you get so stiff and and rigid. Uh, God, that sounds like I'm uh, the setup of a porn movie. <laughs> stiff and rigid, uh, uh. but. but but what I'm trying to say is that stretching, yes, a lot of people look at it as like, oh, I don't need to stretch. Does a lion stretch before he goes after prey? No, he does not. But a lion's always moving. Uh, people also, are yeah, at rest.
1: They're designed. They're nature's best killing machine. Yes, exactly.
0: So what that I'm trying to theory. say is don't get down on yourself or anything like that. But you got to be careful. careful the older you get.
1: That's just my right. advice. I've hung up the skateboard. That's that's no more. I do. I wake up in the morning. I take my Adderall, I have yep. a cup of coffee, and then I smoke a bowl.
0: Yep. And then all you get.
1: Then, then life is good. Yeah. Well, hey man, I really
0: thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, I want to have you on again. Absolutely. Maybe a, I, it maybe as a reoccurring guest a couple of times a year. So. Let me know. Keep in touch with my producer Vulture, and and I think we've made a great working relationship connection right here. And let me know if there's anything I can do to help you out. I mean, if you ever want me to be a guest on your show, uh, feel free to reach out to Vulture.
1: Absolutely, I would love to have you on a guest. I have so I've got Lisa, and then um, I just spoke with Joe Queer from the Queers. I don't know if you mm-hmm. if you're familiar. Um, I'm actually doing. I'm interviewing him on Friday.
0: Dude, you got you have to have my. I see, I got two people that'd be perfect for you. My friend Naomi Bradshaw that I already told you about, uh, and then there's another guy that Naomi uh, introduced me to that did a movie called Garage and his uh J. Aaron Sanders. Um, he, he's a director out in Hollywood, and you know, a lot of people don't want to watch a documentary when it comes to childhood trauma because people don't want to watch that type of stuff they, they already have their own problems right um, but he wrote a movie and when he was younger he wrote a movie called or, uh, he when he was younger he was kidnapped and abducted and held in his neighbor's garage for almost a week and and he wrote a horror flick i mean what i mean we watch all these horror flicks like jason or freddie walking around and that's laughable the real horrors are these pedophiles and people that take advantage and abusers uh, mentally and physically that that's though that's the real scary.
1: That's the I real boogeyman. That, that's yeah, the real boogeyman in the closet. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's. Yeah, for sure. So, and- I would like for you to
0: have them on because uh, when they talk to you, not only will they get their word out, but I think that they would actually really help you because they they've helped me.
1: Absolutely. I, I'm all about like being a part of the community, whatever community that is, and trying to <laughs> striving to make that community better by I mean adding whatever it is that I have to that. And as far as networking, that has been one of my top priorities. I've only been working at this podcast for about two weeks right now.
0: Dude, do not get down on yourself and always keep grinding. Rick, I really appreciate having you on, man. And let's do this again, okay?
1: Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come on here and speak. It means a lot to me, and I look forward to coming back on and having you on my show.